Hey everybody, this is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike. So we used to do Cat 4 questions, this is Cat 3 questions, because I've got three of them that I think will go together quite nicely. One's a follow-up from the lifting podcast I posted last week. An athlete had a good question, actually from an old video when we were talking about do we ride endurance at 65% or 75%, does the fatigue from this all matter? It's a question that comes up so often and we've really been boiling it down to just make sure you're not gritting your teeth to ride endurance. If it's a shorter endurance ride, many athletes can ride at 70 to 75% FTP. If an athlete has a high FTP or is doing mega volume, a lot of them say that 60 to 65% FTP feels more applicable. Long rides on the weekend can be on the easier end of things. You don't need to be only looking at how much TSS and kilojoules you accumulate. The benefit that you get from your heart rate being in that endurance zone is what you're really going for and also not accumulating a ton of fatigue at the same time. There's a time to go hard. There's a time not to go hard. But this athlete said, can we just look at the decoupling as a marker? Most of us have a limit to the amount of time available for endurance slash overall training. For example, if we are completing a two-hour endurance ride at 65% FTP with minimal decoupling, does that indicate adaptations have been achieved at that intensity and it is now time to increase to 70%? Interested in your thoughts. And this was on YouTube, so shout out to Jeff Nash for the awesome question. And I said, hey, you know, we could, but one issue that stems from this is the high variability in heart rate. I think using heart rate is a very good metric, and I have said in another previous video, I'm really newer to incorporating heart rate more into my training and analysis of training and analysis of training of my athletes because I was coached completely in the school of power. And one thing with using heart rate, because of the variability, one day we're quote-unquote adapted, right? We have... Um, minimal decoupling, but then it might get a little warmer or we have poor sleep or we drink a little more caffeine and now there is some heart rate drift or is there? Is there a drift because of external factors, not because of our adaptations or fitness? So I really think this is when the RPE is the best gauge. If 65% feels like we could ride it for four to five hours and we aren't gritting our teeth to hit that number, then maybe you move up to 70%. So for shorter ones, like two hours, maybe this guy goes up to 75% and and skips 70%. There's no exact answer and it's going to depend day to day based on your fatigue, based on the other sessions that you have going on, based on where you are in the season and your goal from that session. So just keep those other factors in mind when we're looking at heart rate variability because it might be external factors affecting it or it could be your fitness. Now, the other question that came up was from the four questions that an athlete had regarding lifting that I thought were really good, and he had a good follow-up question. But first, before that, he was making a comment that his coach, who's a very good coach that I know, um, has him doing threshold and super threshold intervals on the same day as lifting. So... 
he said if one is only doing Z2 work on the bike during the lifting phase, increasing the lifting intensity is less of an issue than when I'm trying to do intervals, but lifting hard on these intervals is much trickier to calibrate. And honestly, is it? Because I said one thing to keep in mind, where are you in the season? If it's lifting gains part of the season, who cares if your coach gives you a super threshold workout and you fail it? Because if you're in lifting gain season, you are far away from race season. So maybe he, there's a myriad of reasons why he has you going hard, but the goal is strength. So get the W on strength and fail the Z4 workout. Now if we're closer to race season and we need the on-the-bike intervals to be better, lift a little bit less and ace the Z4-5 ride. So just... Th- This is a continuum. Training is, it changes based on where you are in the year, what your goals are, what races are coming up, what you've been doing. That's why when somebody says, hey, what should I do in the next two weeks? Like, I don't even, I don't have any idea what you're doing. It doesn't matter what event you have in two weeks. We need the full picture. So just just remember that. Uh, His question though really was, hey, this was Great. Thanks for making a podcast out of this. Um, the one thing I didn't hear you happen to touch on was a powerlifting phase like fast explosive lifts with less weight for three to four weeks following the strength phase. Not necessarily things that people might consider dangerous like power cleans, but lighter, faster squats, deadlifts, and plyometrics. Could you work this into the lifting periodization with the intent to transfer the strength generated in the prior phase to cycling power? Have you experimented with this at all or have you deemed it unnecessary? Um, Finally, some coaches recommend an endurance lifting phase, super high reps at really low weight after the power phase and prior to shifting to the in-season maintenance phase. That seems like a lot of lifting to me. Just want to hear your view. Not sure if you've experimented with it or had other athletes do it. Let me know. Thanks again. So I think it's a really good question. I used to do a more explosive version of this as the season got closer, but I honestly never really felt great doing it. I The executing squats and jump squats, um, and not that I felt uncomfortable doing it, It felt okay, but I never left the gym feeling like I had gained anything from it over weeks of doing this. And then I didn't really seem much more explosive on the bike. Whereas if I deadlift or I squat and I'm doing it for strength, whether it's three or eight reps, that's where I feel the strongest. That's where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to rip these cranks out of this. Uh, I'm going to rip this bottom bracket out of this carbon bike. So it kind of just seems weird to me doing explosive stuff with weights, especially when the loads on the bike are so much less. So I don't know. I'm really torn on that. I know that there's other coaches that are going to be all about that, and that's cool. I sometimes go very basic and I ask myself, is the juice worth the squeeze? I'm leaning towards no, but I'm sure other people have a different point of view. So as always on this podcast, I'm an N of one. 
I don't do that. I don't encourage my athletes to do it. And especially for most amateur cyclists, we have talked a lot about the fact that lifting is a sport in itself. I want people to lift and do it safely. And this is part of lifting is injury prevention. I don't need them doing jump squats. I just, if you want to go into plyometrics, there's other ways you could do it with less aggressive workouts. But hey, everybody's different. So if it works for you, go for it. The last comment is one from, uh, do I want to put his name in this? I'm not going to put his name in this. You guys have heard him on a podcast though. And he had made the comment, he's getting back into lifting, or I should say getting more consistent with it. You know, got this squats today, hit the shoulders, actually did a yoga, getting better, but there's a long way to go. And I said, you know what? This is a good way to close the podcast. This is a nice viewpoint in always remembering that there is always a long way to go. (laughs) Most of us are in this until the end, like the literal end. There's guys and women racing at 80 plus at Masters Nats. Just keep placing one brick in place every day. And it makes this process seem so much easier. There's not always going to be a tangible gain to be seen. But I promise you, if you are using common sense and working with your training buddy or working with a coach who's actually paying attention to you and trying to put things in place day after day, month after month, year after year, If you are three years into training, you are still so new. And that should be exciting to you. That's not a diss. That's not a knock. That's not, oh, I've been doing this so long. It's that I love looking back at how I thought about training when I was three years in because I thought I knew some things. And you will grow so much more. You will get so much better. Even if you're 10 years in. And I love athletes that come to me when they are 45 or 50. They say, I've been doing this for a long time. I say, cool. Let's just take a look at what you've been doing. And we need to remember that like everything, training has gotten better. You know, I'm putting out a blog about (laughs) coming from the school of riding a lot of threshold. Damn, if I realized how much better over-unders were, then it wasn't wasting time. But I would change a lot of sessions. You know, we all learned a lot about training VO2 max that it's – yeah, there's a hereditary component to it, but we can train VO2 max and you can get a lot faster. And hey, I was probably doing a little bit too much anaerobic training at times. And But hey, that, that we're learning. The sport is evolving. Training with power is still relatively new. So there's always a long way to go and that should be freaking exciting, not daunting. So if you're training for a year and a half and you think you've plateaued, maybe you have, if you think you're at where you're at, I will I will tell you you're wrong with that. And that should be exciting. There's a lot of improvement to be made. It's not going to be easy. And that's the great part about endurance sports. So I don't know about you guys. I'm jonesing for a race. Shout out to Bala. I was riding. We caught each other uh, coming back. You've seen his name pop up on my Strava if you follow me there. And I like need to get into a gravel race or something in March or... You know, April 1st seems a long way away. Hoping to make it to Tigertown in South Carolina. 
I'm super soft with the weather. So if it's, you know, if we get some crazy weather, I'm probably not going to leave sunny Florida too early, but I would love to head north, hit some races. I hope you're having a great start. I've got some friends going to Valley of the Sun, have some other friends from Rochester going to Tucson Bike Classic. So I'm going to be rooting for a bunch of people over the next couple weeks, still getting the big miles in. And yeah, looking forward to getting some blogs out there, writing again and doing the vids and trying to make those more engaging and just trying to get better at this and hopefully helping you get a little bit faster as we share our experiences. If this is beneficial to you and you're listening to the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple. I think Spotify, I don't know if you rank it or if you just give it a thumbs up or whatever, but subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us out so much. I think we have like 80 reviews. Can we get that to 100? That'd be awesome. And tell a friend about it. And if you need anything, hit us up. Hopefully we can help you out. Good luck. See ya.